Welcome to the first ever episode of Streaming Talks. My guest at this time is formerly from the YouTube channel Spike and Barley and currently a Twitch streamer. Please welcome Twitch's best dog, Barley. Barley, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing, MR Knight? I'm doing pretty good, man. Uh, first of all, we known each other for, what, two years? Something like that? Yeah, just about. I Well... I, it's probably like closer to like a year and a half. Didn't I just like do like a twenty month reset or something like crazy or like eighteen or nineteen? It's so it's it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Yeah, I I agree. It's 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 been a long time, and uh, it's funny enough that like you are a perfect guest because you have so much you've done. Um, I don't know if you realize it or not, but we're gonna talk about that in a minute. We're talk a little bit about uh barley doing YouTube and streaming and the whole thing. But there's one thing I would like to start out and ask you about. Um, okay, shoot. Is what, what was that? Do you remember the, recall the moment that you told yourself you wanted to make a video or um, what, what made you start wanting to create content? Oh man. The moment I wanted to make a video, I uh, I don't know what made me want to do it, but when I was 13, and I remember this, my mom bought me a uh, a mini DV camera for my birthday. I don't know why she bought it for me, but she did. And um, I, uh, <laughs> I sat down and I filmed, I filmed myself getting attacked by a a, a winter coat. It was a blue winter coat, and uh, it, the the little short film was called The Blue Monster, and it literally was just me getting killed by my coat. But for some reason, I really liked it. I really enjoyed doing that, and uh, I don't <laughs> I don't know what happened to that video. I've actually tried to find it again, but I, I think it's just gone to the history of everything. But I, you know what? That might not even be the first thing. That might just be the first video, because when I was a kid, I remember I got really obsessed with the idea of being on stage. Like I, I like I, I dreamt of being like a big musician or like a comedian or like I, I just I wanted to perform for people. And uh, it, I even at one point. I um I made my own radio station. I took a cassette and I recorded myself like playing music off the TV from video games and then I'd do my segments in between and stuff like that. And I remember in high school as well, like I wanted to become uh a radio radio MC or whatever. And uh I mean obviously that didn't work out, but I, I feel like I feel like I was always kind of destined to be just more on the creative side or performing side. I, I guess when YouTube finally came out, it was just like I mean, <laughs> you know. You know, it was just, it was the thing I had been waiting for. It was a platform for people like me to just go and upload videos of random stuff. I mean, YouTube now is definitely a different place than it was before. But back in the day, it was, it was very pure. It was very, uh, everyone was just kind of uploading and there wasn't really a template or there wasn't really people copying people. It was just people uploading whatever they made. I've been very lucky, very lucky to, to have had this ability and be born in the generation that I was born in to be able to do all this stuff. but. Let's rewind real quick. You're talking about at 13 years old, you are creating the concept of making and seeing yourself and recording yourself and engaging viewers. In my head, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I promise you, the Blue Monster was was no masterpiece, but 
it it was it was definitely it was i mean it was like 2002 2003 you know it was way before the concept of youtube i mean back then people just uploaded to albino black sheep and e-bombs world right you know there there was no real streaming videos it was you downloaded the video yeah yeah like it's it's uh we were very limited and our quality wasn't very good and we didn't have good codecs either everything looked like doo-doo i uh i've always just kind of towards the camera i've always been very interested in it i i think i think if given the opportunity i'd love to become an actor or something like that maybe like a voice actor i don't know but for now you know i'm, I'm totally fine doing what i'm doing and uh and youtube and stuff like that i feel like i feel like it fits me like a glove yeah and plus um you know let's let's talk about that a little bit so um you know you started out at 13 years old with a mini tv camera and you knew that you wanted to perform and do comedy and all this stuff. So, like, tell us, like, when you found out about YouTube and, like, the whole process of uploading. Because it's a lot different than it used to be. I mean, it's not as accessible. Oh, man. Yeah, it's, it, it um... <laughs> for, for like six years straight i was the one telling people about youtube i mean everyone kind of knew about youtube but you know like you, you and your family are like what's that what's that like why why are you uploading videos like and of course you get the people who are skeptical you know i remember bef when i was back working manual labor before i started youtube it was like <laughs> like my family's like okay you know you can, you can upload videos but you don't know, focus on working and going to school and then you know of course when it actually started working out for me all of a sudden they're like oh we knew you could do it you know it's like okay all right yeah i don't think you actually did but i appreciate the notion um no back back in back in 2000 um before youtube um i remember i used to watch this guy on e-bombs world now buying a black sheep his name was frederick fox and um, it's funny because it feels like a world away now, but he, uh, he used to just upload these random videos of him doing random stuff, um, to E-Bombs World. I think he chugged like a bottle of Febreze or something. It was clearly not Febreze. It was like blue Kool-Aid or something. I, I honestly feel like he was ahead of his time. I feel like if, if he had continued that pace into early YouTube, he'd probably be a millionaire right now. But, um... Yeah, so I remember me and my friend got really obsessed with watching this guy. And we thought it was, like, the coolest thing ever. We thought he was really funny. We thought he was a really cool guy. Uh, I remember I hung out in his uh, in his uh, IRC channel and everything. It kind of gave me the bug. Me and my friend would start recording webcam videos of ourselves. Every time he'd come over, we'd just hit record and just do random stuff. And I have, like, I have hours of this footage still on my computer. But I am not, I'm not comfortable with with uh, with uh, showing anyone these because I don't know, man. Thirteen year old me, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there, but um, or fourteen year old me rather. But uh, he um, we uh, we we got really into uh, making these videos, and then it, you know, it started evolving from there. I started writing scripts, and I started like cutting them together. And I and I, I remember I, I jumped on Sony Vegas back in 20, 2005, right? You know, it's like. I got on early with that, and so it's crazy to think that I have like 15 years of experience with a software at this point. But anyway, <laughs> um, so I, I got in early with uh, Sony Vegas, and uh, you know, of course, from there I only got more and more complex. And then finally, YouTube came out, and um, me and me and a couple of friends of mine had a bunch of big plans to record stuff when I moved back, and uh, um, so for the time being, I was just kind of making these random mix up like resident evil videos um and then uh that uh same friend that uh wanted to uh record and like do videos with and stuff like that when i moved back to ottawa and stuff like that yeah unfortunately uh 
he passed away in a uh, car accident. You, you never really know how to take that stuff when you're a teenager. But, you know, it, it I probably took me a few years before I finally, like, accepted it. You know, it's like you, you almost go through, like, this, like, long state of denial of, like, no, no, he, he's just, like, on break. He's up in the woods or something. You know, he's, like, <laughs> he's hiding from everyone. But, um, so when, when he died, um, I realized, like, okay, I, like, I have all these plans to do stuff and it's like i almost want to still do them to honor his memory so youtube came out and i had just been like making these uh weird like little mashup videos like little comedic mashup videos of like i I'd take like a, a video i liked and then put the sound over it was very basic i put the sound over like resident evil footage and um eventually i uh i used to hang out on this forum the bentley brothers forum <laughs> they made um melgar solid not Metal Gear Solid. Oh my god! Sorry, I'm like, <laughs> I was just watching Poker Job. I got Metal Gear Solid in mind. Um, they made uh, Resident Evil, um, not Machinimas parodies. I guess live action parodies, right? And uh, I was really into them. And uh, through that, I met a guy named Sean Clark, who was looking for voice actors for a uh, Resident Evil 4 Machinima. And this guy actually was doing quite well. Like, uh, it was Days of Our Lives, Resident Evil, and back then it was actually picking up some major steam. And people were really into it. And uh, I didn't think, I didn't, you know, I, I I always wanted to voice act. I never thought I would get anywhere doing it. So, but I, I applied. I was like, whatever. I thought maybe I'd get an extra or something. But he actually gave me one of the biggest roles in the entire thing. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, he like, he like straight up gave me like the rival. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> so, and from there, I, I started, I guess I, I, that really laid the foundation for me to meet people because now all of a sudden I, I know people who also like are like-minded like this before this, I was the one contacting her. I'd be like, tell my friends like, Oh, we should do a video like this. We should, uh, you know, write something like this. Yeah. But now all of a sudden it's like, I know people who, who bounce off of me just as much as I bounce off of them. And so while I was working or while I was doing voices for uh, his machinima, I decided, uh, I, I asked him, because I had become really good friends with him by this point. And I asked him, I was like, yo, why don't, why don't like, you know, in between your episodes, we we make a, a machinima, um, you know, uh, also a Resident Evil machinima, but like a different Resident Evil. I, I wanted to do two. And he was into it. So that actually birthed kind of like the beginning of my YouTube career, if you want to call it. It's, uh, I, I made a machinima of Resident Evil 2 called uh, Raccoon City Stories. And, uh, you know, I, I'm still kind of proud of it. I still think it holds up. Uh, but I was 18. It was, like, 2008. This was back before, like, YouTube was even, like, seen as, like, an income thing. It was still, like, just a platform for people to make whatever they want. And Raccoon City Stories actually, like, did really well, in my opinion. Like, I, it, uh, from being, like, a no-name channel to suddenly, like, you know, I had a thousand subscribers, you know, <laughs> back in the day. I mean, in 2008, that was like, you know, you tell your friends that and they're like, what? And how old were you during all this? That's, that's crazy. I was, uh, I was 18. Wow. I was 18. And, um, yeah, I was really proud of those. And uh, we got, we managed to get like three episodes out and then it, it just became too hard to work. Um, like to get everyone together to record it. Um, Sean had other stuff in his life at that point. So it, it, it kind of got shelved, you know, fast forward a few years. Uh, I think it was like 2011. And from there, I, uh, I had, I worked on a few things, nothing really big or nothing really quite on the level of, of Raccoon City stories, but I made another, um, machinima with my friends here in Ottawa. I only got one episode of that because shortly after I released that, 
um, I had contacted a friend of mine who I was uh, playing a lot of games with, and I thought we had this really great chemistry. His name was Spike, Spike West. I thought we had this really great chemistry, and I, I, I had watched a few videos of people like Mac and Mesh and Four Player Podcasts, and I'm like, you know, like, again, back in, back in this day, you don't make a channel for money. You, you never had money in mind. Like, you did it because you had passion for the content. It was just about people seeing your stuff versus like making revenue because it wasn't even a system built for that yet yeah exactly and i uh i mostly just i i wanted to record videos to look back on honestly um i it, the 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 plan was to keep doing the machinimas and have the the i guess you, you could just call them let's plays in between so because i wanted to do um videos with my friend of us co-oping like horror games you know I mean, it'd be no different than what we already did. We just, we'd be filming it. And that's what birthed Spike and Barley in about a month or two into it. We, we blew up on face punch and <laughs> I mean, the rest is history from there. I, it's been a pretty wild ride since. Yeah, that's, that's pretty nuts. And you know, like you mentioned, Sony Vegas was like the dominant editing software at that time, you know, uh, next to Avid, I think. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you knew Sony, Sony Vegas, you were, uh. <laughs> you you were uh you you meant business, yeah. And um, and you're right with the the mashups of videos. That was a big thing, like the Dragon Ball Z with the music over it and all this other stuff. I mean, that was the kind of videos that that seemed to be put out at that time. Um, so you know you're getting to this point where you know you're you're 18. You, you had a huge opportunity to, to get yourself out there. Uh, were you was this your goal? I mean, like. Do you think you had, you know, your friend passing away? Was that kind of like motivation to to even drive yourself to make these things and be creative? Um, I think I always had the drive, but I always, I always wanted to have someone to do to. I guess I always wanted, I always wanted like a friend that I could work with. You know, like it's it's fun making something by yourself, but it's a lot more fun making something with someone else. Um, if you have the right person, that is, I mean, you can be paired with the wrong person and it's like the worst thing in, in the entire world. But, uh, at least for the machinimas back, back in 2008, um, he was, he was supposed to be in a lot of the stuff that I wrote. Um, a lot of the stuff for, um, the machinimas was actually kind of recycled from these scripts I had written for these live action parodies of Resident Evil that I wanted to film with my friends. So when, when my friend had died, um, or passed away, rather, uh, he, uh, I had all these leftover scripts, and they, they, they were very close to me. They were very uh, close and dear to me because I, I had written them with him. Like, I would write them, and I'd, I'd bounce the ideas off of them, and if we laughed, you know, be like, okay, we need to do this, we need to do this. And, you know, of course, not all of them, not all of them landed, but, you know, it, I had these, these, these scripts that... I was very proud of, but I didn't know what to put them towards. And so when RCS came out, or when we were working on an RCS, that's when I started to, I was like, okay, like this is almost like I, I'm, I'm getting to make what I couldn't make. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I think, I think it's at the end of the video it says dedicated to James Ogden. Um, it definitely was a bit of, uh, it was very therapeutic for me. I think it helped me kind of get past and accept what had happened. And, um, I don't know, I guess in a way, maybe like I even have him to thank for the opportunity that I've had for like the last 10 years, because, uh, you know, that was one of the things driving me to do it. I, w I wanted something to remember him by, you know, I, I didn't have a whole lot. So 
I guess that was kind of my way of processing the whole thing. Yeah, and then there's nothing more therapeutic than, you know, paying a tribute to a dear friend and, you know, you know they would be happy for you and everything like that. Yeah, no, I, I think he'd be, he'd be, he would have, he would have enjoyed the, the videos I had made. So, um, you know, you, you do these videos and you're, you're starting a, a YouTube channel and, uh, all this stuff. What was the environment like starting a YouTube channel for those who, who weren't there at the time or didn't really pay attention to YouTube when you were making this content? So the environment was, was so different. It was, it was so pure. Like, I mean, you had Lonely Girl 15, which was this channel where they had this fake actress acting like she was vlogging all the time. And, you know, that got, that got people watching. But other than that, I mean, it was just, it was just a bunch of people uploading videos. Honestly, there was no real motive, self-fulfillment, I guess, (laughs) you know, it's, it, you look at it now and I, I don't want to sound like, oh, it used to be better, but it really did. It, it's YouTube is such a toxic environment now. It's 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 so different than what it was. And it just feels like everybody's making a video at this point for money. There's so many just templated same, same videos. And uh, everyone says, the. I mean, you know, you know what the meme is, you know, what's up, guys? You know, it's it's everyone's doing it you know and it's it, it's definitely made a lot of people jaded and kind of bitter against against youtube and you know kind of myself included i i uh i i stopped kind of enjoying youtube years ago um it's kind of sad because i, I just think back to 2007 2008 or whatever and it was just a website with it wasn't even a competition in fact it was more community based i don't know if people remember this but old youtube allowed you to like completely change all the colors of your profile it uh you had like i think groups and stuff like this you had friends and all this stuff it it felt more like weirdly enough it felt more like myspace or something but it it had this totally different feel to it and then i I guess around in like 2012 they 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 streamlined it for web 2.0 and and you know they took all the colors out and made it more and more limiting and now you can't even dislike a video if you click the thumbs down on a comment it does nothing and uh yeah it's just become this really sterile website and for a platform that's supposed to be about the creators and and creativity it's completely sold out it's it's not it's not that anymore it's not a place that is for artists and I think that's really sad because there's been nothing like it since or before it. I mean, the closest thing we kind of got is Twitch. But, I mean, you got to remember, all these websites got to play by the advertisers' rules. You know, like, so you don't really get any sort of real creative freedom. Not like you could 10 years ago on YouTube. I mean, you got the good and bad with that, of course. But I would, I, I don't know. I, I, I think it was just a better place to be. It felt it felt fun. It felt new. It, it was It was this crazy thing it was you know while your mom and dad were watching tv you were on youtube and you you were learning you know you were learning stuff right you know or you were making stuff it was it was this it was just a really good place to be yeah and uh you know they someone's gonna keep the lights on as far as like advertisers and stuff like that and you know i think every website goes through that they go through the balances of like what's too much advertisement but we can still keep afloat and still keep people happy on the website and uh i agree with you that you know websites go through changes and 
it definitely changes the culture of the website. Um, so let's let's go forward a little bit. Now you mentioned um, you mentioned Spike, and for those who who don't know, Barley and Spike create a YouTube channel together. Now tell us a little bit of background how you got to know each other a little bit, and uh, what kind of started the whole idea of collaborating together. So I don't remember the exact details of how we met but we used to play gmod together and i i had a couple of friends playing gmod and i would play with them and spike i think was friends with someone else i don't know he was kind of like he, he he was like a friend of a friend kind of thing at first and then of course you know when i met spike we started hanging out and uh, i noticed we had this great chemistry we we love to just go around and just kind of mess with people on gmod yeah we were we were kind of assholes <laughs> but we 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 had this great duo of good cop bad cop where just like we go around and just just I don't know Gmod Gmod being Gary's mod for anyone who doesn't know what Gmod is it's a uh, mod for Half Life Two where you basically it's like a sandbox where you can build stuff you can create stuff you can so uh, we we would play on these role play servers where it was almost like Grand Theft Auto but like the like this big fancy RPG thing where like you know you got to drive around people play as cops fire firemen you know you grow drugs you can be like crime people and stuff like that and we just we were just like this like tornado of chaos and destruction that would go like we did not play by the rules and we never uh we never got caught that was the best part we were just we were really good at getting away with it we had this really good chemistry and um so we just we started playing games outside of gmod and i noticed that we had a, a lot of time a lot not a lot of time we had a lot of fun playing games like horror games and stuff like that and i remember the entire time i was thinking like oh my god i should record this this is so funny this is like the funniest thing i've ever seen and that thought was always in the back of my mind and at this time let's plays weren't really a thing i i, I need the pretense that like it nowadays people just record stuff and they're like this is my let's play i mean there's nothing wrong with that i'm not saying there's anything wrong but i mean like it's it, it it's such a normal thing nowadays what year was this i just wanted to make sure we have like a timeline for people to oh, understand this was 2010 okay so this is still the whole you know wild west of the internet at this point Ex yeah yeah this was before like partnership on youtube was like a crazy big thing and and making money from ad revenue was a thing like we were still i just my mentality was literally just i wanted to record this stuff because i think it's funny and i i wanted something to look back on down the road you know i, I kind of kept that mentality of um my friend who passed away like i don't really have anything of him you know like i just my memories and maybe a video or two here or there you know what i mean it's like i i, I i've I kind of grew to appreciate and understand that people won't be around forever. And so I, uh, I really like the idea of recording these let's plays. They were, I don't know. They weren't even called that at the time. They're, I don't even know what they were called, honestly, <laughs> but, um, I guess they were called that. They were always called that, but I, I didn't know that, but I, um, yeah. So we, uh, we eventually got around to recording something. I think it was something in doom. Um, but the recording didn't work out, so we, we ended up not doing anything with that. What did you record with? Oh my god, man, we used fraps. What was the setup like for doing something like this in, in that year? It it was bad. <laughs> it was terrible. We had fraps, oh, and no. we just talked over Skype. It was Skype and fraps, and that was it. <laughs> the quality was terrible. There was lag. 
and um, you couldn't adjust the audio levels once you were finished recording. So if you screwed up anything during the recording, you have like two hours of recording just going in the trash. That's that's crazy. <laughs> Thankfully, we have we were able to do that now versus that. Yeah, it, it's so much better. Like we have DX Tori or like OBS or. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a lot better. <laughs> it's definitely a lot better. Eventually, we we got to recording an actual good video, and it was it was this Half Life Two mod. It was like a horror mod. It wasn't very good. I'm sorry for anyone who's a fan of Nightmare House Two, but it's not very good. <laughs> but we played this game, uh, this mod called uh, Nightmare House Two, and um, we recorded it, and we uploaded it, and um. You know, I had been uploading Machinimas at that point. So, I mean, I was still on the same channel. We did, we actually didn't make a new channel, which actually caused some issues down the road. But I, I had all these, like, Machinima fans. Like, I had a 1,000 subscribers of Machinima fans. And when we uploaded this Let's Play, they were like, what the hell? Get this out of here. Where's wow. the Machinima? Where's the new Machinima? We don't want this. And it, 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 it wasn't received very well. I mean, it was received all right. But it seemed like people were just like, okay, this is cool. Where's the new Machinima? Like, it just, people didn't care. But we, we, I was going to say, but we really liked it. So we kept uploading it. And we, we played through a couple of games. And eventually we got to Afraid of Monsters. And I don't know what happened, but, well, basically we got found by this guy. So this is, this is such a complex, weird thing to explain. But there's this mod called Afraid of Monsters. And there's a game... And, and Afraid of Monsters is a Half-Life 1 mod. It's a horror mod. It's a really good one. I, I really like it. I know, I know the creator. He's a good guy. And uh, um, we, we played that. And then a guy named Cockix the Skeleton got in contact with us. This is a whole wild ride. But Cockix is this guy who uh, was running a server running afraid of monsters but it, instead it runs through co-op so you could co-op afraid of monsters but he goes even farther with it he plays as this rival antagonist that he has it is crazy man he had all these like commands he could like shift the map around he could make it so we teleport like away from each other he could spawn enemies he basically controlled the game and we uh he got in contact with us it was really funny how he said he's like david leatherhoff uh, asked me to get a hold of you, and I'm like, "What the hell? Who is this guy?" <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. And we recorded this absolutely wild co-op uh, playthrough that I still think is one of the craziest things in terms of let's plays on YouTube, like ever. And it's not just because I made it; it's because the concept. I haven't really seen it done since, and I haven't really seen it anything like it. I mean, um. It was so influential that the guy who made Afraid of Monsters released this official game called Cry of Fear, um, which is an actual game, and it, it got a lot of a uh, lot of publicity back in 2012. And he actually made the co-op mode in that game because of our playthrough. So we we recorded this playthrough of David Leatherhoff, aka Cockix, just messing with us and scaring us and all this stuff, and. Uh, at first, it was like, okay, you know, a couple of views here and there. And then just one day, it it just, the views just kept coming in and in and in and in. And we're like, what is going on? Like, the wheel just started spinning, and we, we didn't understand it. 
And apparently we just blew up on this big, uh, big, well, ironically, Gmod, Gmod forum called facepunch.com. And we blew up on there. And the, it's, well, <laughs> the rest is history, really. I mean, it was because of that, just that we, we got our foot in the door. We got partnered. We, uh, we, I mean, every opportunity I feel like I've had for like the last eight years has been because of that playthrough. And, wow. uh, yeah. And uh, what, what you say partnered, where were you broadcasting this on? Um, we were on YouTube and we got partnered a few months later because of a friend of mine, Jimbo MCB. You ever, you ever hear of the, the TF2? You ever watch the TF2 meme where he goes, nope. If, if you know that one, that's him. That's Jimbo MCB. He's a good friend of mine and, uh, he got us partnered. So thanks, Jim. <laughs> Seriously. Thanks. What, what did YouTube partner actually do at that time? At that time, it just, it, it meant that they put ads on your video. And you had a manager. Oh, a manager? It's fancy. Yeah, it's it's fancy, and they would give you, uh, they would hook you up too. They would like wow. get like, did you know gaming and stuff to like, tweet about you and stuff like that. Don't don't tell anyone that. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Secret safe. Nobody's gonna hear this one. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's um, it it was pretty cool back then. I mean, YouTube treated you very well back then. And uh, I, I met a lot of really awesome managers and really good people. It, yeah, no, it, 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 I mean, that, that's pretty much where it all started was uh, Spike and Barley, Freedom Monsters Director's Cut. And uh, I mean, the, the, third, the third party was Coccyx, a.k.a. Le David Leatherhoff. It was so funny because people couldn't figure out if he was an AI or if he was an actual person. They're like, is that it? Like all the way to the end. It, it was so crazy. And then, ironically, that playthrough led into my uh, my creation of my Twitch account, aka Justin TV, at the time, because we streamed the finale, the final part. Um, we we played it live, and we we did it in a crazy way. And, and this was totally spur of the moment. So, like, we we all three of us got ready. We're like, okay, we're we're gonna go live. We had like five hundred people there. It was crazy, and. They were all just waiting in chat. Chat was like a waterfall, and I'm like, all right, whew, all right, let's do this. And then I, uh, um, <laughs> so uh, pro tip to anyone, um, Canadian internet is not very good. And at that time, it was really bad. Um, and I did not have the upload speed to actually stream. I tried to, it, like, we started it and we're like, hey, what's up, guys? And then, uh, but they were saying, like, hey, what? You know, it's just like it was chopping up, drop frames. It was not good. It was a shit show. So Cockix is like, give me the stream key. And I'm like, no, what are you talking about? Like, we, we need to figure out a solution. He's like, give me the stream key. And I'm like, okay. So I give it to him. And he's like, okay, just get ready. And I'm like, what? So spur of the moment. And this was like iconic at the time because it finally gave people, it, like the finale was from Cockix's point of view. They got to see how he did everything. And it was so cool. It was like the coolest thing. Yeah, and it was so it was just spur of the moment. Like it, it was like one of the coolest things and it was just totally in the moment we did it. And yeah, uh that 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 was a really good part and then um that that's actually what introduced me to Twitch, Twitch slash Justin TV at the time. And ironically, I mean that's that's where I am now. I I had, it it's so weird because I went like 
seven years or something without ever like I seriously barely ever used my my Twitch account. And then last year, well, I mean, now I'm always on Twitch, so. <laughs> but yeah, that that was the creation of the account, and people are always like, "What? You got partnered in in 2012?" It's like, yeah, <laughs> I haven't used the website since 2012. Though is the thing. So uh, let's let's rewind a little bit here. So you, you, what you explained is a lot of experience that you went through. You went through like a big first stream. And you also talked about, and maybe some people can relate to this, is how you had to shift your, your content and you also affect the, you know, you felt the effect of the audience also voicing their opinions about wanting, you know, certain things where you've done something for so long, such as your machine, you know, your uh, machinima videos. And now you're going over to do the, the Spike and Barley stuff. How did you handle that? You mean like just moving from machinima to Spike and Barley? Exactly. And as far as people knew who you were as a single, you know, as your as yourself, uh, what was it like dealing with that shift in the audience? Well, fast forwarding a little tiny bit, um, I've I've always I've I've <laughs> I've done that shift so many times because I have, you know, my 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 video essay channel. I have the Let's Play channel. I have the machinimas and I have like Twitch and, you know, then I got the road trip movies. It's like I'm no real stranger to uh, shifting my content around. But in terms of doing it that first time, it kind of sucked. It kind of sucked because I felt like, I felt like my viewers had, I guess, honestly, kind of abandoned me. Like it, it was like, it's free. I don't know. The way I saw it was like, guys, I'm uploading free content and you're complaining and downvoting it just because it's not the content you wanted. But I guess that's kind of a life lesson. It's like the same thing with a TV channel. If TV channel started playing stuff people didn't want to watch, well, you know, <laughs> they're not going to watch. But, yeah, it's like, I guess it was just kind of like, it, it, you know, I, I've learned to not take that personally. I've learned that people aren't doing it because they, they dislike you or your content. They're doing it because it's not the content that they subscribe for. And it's like, okay, that makes sense. Uh, that actually makes sense. The first time I did it, though, it, it definitely it definitely bothered me a little bit. But when Spike and Barley blew up, um, I had a couple of friends actually telling me, like, don't even bother with this this weird Spike and Barley stuff. Like, go back to Machinimas. Like, this stuff isn't even that good. So there was, there was, a, there was a big kind of sense of, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, when, when, when Spike and Barley blew up, it was like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you told me not to do this. I did it. Now who's laughing? Funny, because I haven't heard from any of those people since, since Spike and Barley blew up. But... Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it, it it was kind of crappy for a little bit, um, but it got better. It got a lot better. I mean, once once I realized that this was making people happy, and I was getting messages saying that, hey man, you, you know, you got us, you got me through like a hard time in my life, and it, 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 I don't know, it's stuff like that that just really really makes it all worth it. And I mean, the machinima stuff is still there. It's still there for the people who want to watch it. Um, Machinima's hard, man. It's uh, it's months of work and coordination and getting people to come together, and it's uh, it's it's. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I love I, lo I loved making the machinimas, but I uh, I don't know. It's just it's especially nowadays in YouTube. YouTube is so hard nowadays. I feel bad for any creators coming up in YouTube right now because it's just impossible to get anywhere for a small creator. And they, uh, 
not to mention it's just you know the youtube has just become so cynical you know you look at comment sections nowadays and it's just people just being like oh you padded the video uh, i disagree with this dislike you know it's just like wow man <laughs> this person just spent six weeks making this video like come on uh, but uh i don't know it's just it's youtube's such a different animal now so i i, I got it easy really when you think about it uh the worst i got was people just being like hey this is cool and all but please make more machinima whereas i feel like nowadays people be like yo what is this crap dislike <laughs> you know but uh I, i'm no stranger to it I, i've shifted my content so many times at this point i think i think <laughs> I, I'm sure I'm frustrating a lot of people. I'm sure there's people who want me to stop doing Twitch e even right now and go do YouTube again. Yeah, and, you know, I'm sure, you know, you've taken that experience and you applied it to whatever you do, whether it's, you know, YouTube, whether it's it's streaming. Um, But one thing I want to talk about before we actually go into, you know, your Twitch part of your, you know, your uh, your life what happened to Spike and Barley? Um, what what was uh, the the timeline on that? I mean, did it just wasn't working chemistry? Uh, did it just peak off because of creativity? Tell us what happened. Oh, um, Spike and Barley. I mean, it was like seven years ago, and we were. It's weird to say we were young because I was twenty one and twenty. I was like twenty two, twenty one. And I, you know, in reality, I mean, that's a grown adult, but I don't know. When I think of my timeline, I feel like, I feel like I was pretty young. And so it was, it was mostly fine until we got partnered. And then it just, it, I don't know. It's just the mood changed. It, it felt like we'd be forcing a video sometimes for money. And that's like the one thing I just never really wanted to do on YouTube was make it feel like a job or make it feel like I'm doing something for someone else. Like it, I, I mean, like I said, early YouTube, people were just uploading to upload. There was no alt ulterior motive. You know, it's like we just made videos because it made us happy to make videos. And we got partnered and it just caused a lot of fights and it caused a big rift. and. There was another person in, in, in who was, a, honestly, they were a big drama queen and they kind of fed into it, almost like turning us against each other. They would go to one person and say, oh, you know, they're saying this and then go to the other. And then it was just, and it's just like we turned on each other because of the content we were making. And ironically, uh, Cry of Fear, the sequel or the spiritual sequel to Afraid of Monsters, the game that brought us together. Um was the game that I actually quit on. So in February, after we had just been fighting so long, I went through a breakup at that time, and I think it was mostly because I was just stressing out <laughs> because of the Spike and Brawley stuff. And um, yeah, so uh, it was February 2012, and this is actually the night that I got partnered on Twitch. Uh, we had a stream, and I had, we, or we had 1,200 viewers that night. And um it was like wow 1200 that's that's huge yeah it was it was just it was just like this crazy stream and you know at that time i mean people could tell there's there's like a bit of bad chemistry going on but overall it was like 
I don't know. I mean, we, we we were dealing with it well on on camera, but off camera, you know, there's a lot of fighting. There was a lot of just really negative negative stuff happening, and um, I just decided for myself that uh, it wasn't worth uh ruining a friendship and and kind of just it it had just become my life to wake up and be stressed and mad and mad at the world and stuff like that so we did cry of fear we did a we did a co-op playthrough with cockix actually we we brought him back for that um and it was, it was actually a premiere um the uh creator actually gave two copies out one to pewdiepie and one to us we did the co-op premiere and he did the single player premiere and um once that stream was done i i, I messaged spike and i said hey man i i think i think i'm gonna call it quits I think I think this is this is the end of the road for me. Um which was really hard for me to do. It was a really really hard thing for me to do. Um I felt like the bad guy, but I also knew that it was the thing I had to do. And uh but I mean it I mean happy ending because me and Spike still still talk. We we were talking it out and um you know, I mean, even like a year later after that one, we had released new videos in 2014, released new videos. I mean, we were, we were still doing stuff here and there. Um, but I think that was definitely the end of like the, the, the Spike and Barley arc that people kind of remember and look at. You know, it's like that that was the real ending right there. So, of course, we we uploaded a video and we we're like, hey, you know, we're going to step back. And <laughs> there was a there was a big dislike ratio on that video. Not going to lie. But um, do I regret that choice? I don't know. I, I, I think there could have been a really good future for Spike and Barley, but at the same time, I know why I did it. And I, uh, I stand by it. I think, I, think I, I had to do what was good for my mental health. People don't realize, like, it, I mean, maybe nowadays it's a bit different. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But back then, I mean, like, you were, like, a 21-year-old just shoved into, like, the faces of thousands of people. I mean, and you had no agent. You're not, like, a celebrity. You, had, you didn't go through, like, a firm or anything like that. It's like, no, you're you're just a, a kid, basically, getting thrown onto the world stage. And whatever you say, whatever you do, people watch and they judge. You know, it's like... So, I mean, a lot of people were pretty mad at me for, for quitting Spike and Barley. And, uh, I mean, that did, that did hurt a lot, but I, I mean, I understand it. I understand why people were mad, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it was a very fast year for me. It was, it was like, I went from just being a guy playing video games with my friend to a guy being, <laughs> being paid to play video games with my friend in front of thousands of people. You know, it's like, it's, it's, it, you can't even write a book on how to deal with something like that. But yeah, that that's that's essentially what happened. Is was we, I I guess money ruined it. If I if I have to boil it down to just one single reason, I think, I think money, money ruined it for us. So just to recap and clarify, uh, you left because of the stress of money and pressure of putting out videos and and things like that, and you got worn down. So you decided to just step away and. Do what was best for you. And it sounded like, at least from what you're you're talking about, is that, you know, you and Spike were 
not having any grudge or bad blood, it seems like. Are there any misconceptions you want to clarify for anybody who's unsure about the story of what really happened between you two? Well, the, I mean, we, we fought a lot. <laughs> Honestly, during, during 2011, we fought a lot off screen. Um, but, you know, looking back, I realized how much of that was actually fueled by um, outside parties. I don't, I don't want to name drop here, but there was someone that was apparently really enjoying getting us mad at each other. And, um, um, you know, some, some things, so, I mean, Spike said some pretty mean things sometimes, but I also said some pretty mean things. So it's like, whatever it, you know, we got to cancel each other out on that one. It's like, looking back, it's just, I'm glad that we're still friends at this point. That's, that's the biggest thing. Um, I quit because I just, it was less like the stress of making videos and more the stress of just what it took to make a video it's just like okay i gotta i gotta pretend <laughs> i don't i don't, I don't want to like ruin anyone's perception of how the videos went down but you know it's like i had to bite my tongue and just be like okay we're gonna record a video because you know I, I i want people to be happy and it was just like by the time february 2012 rolled around i realized like no that's i can't be doing this to myself i'm not i can't just be giving myself out you know, just, just to make other people happy. But I will say right. a, a lot of people did buy in to like all this sort of, sort of drama. A lot of, a lot of people also thought I was just like the worst guy on the planet. I saw a lot of that. That definitely sucked. <laughs> but, um, I, I guess, I guess the thing that I would want to clear up is a lot of people just ask, you know, are you and Spike still good? It's like, yeah, we're, we're still good. And that's like the most important thing to me is that we're still good because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what we fought about. Uh, the fact that we're still friends is the important part. Um, because you can move past stuff that happens. It's not, a, it's not a big deal. It happened. You know, it's, you know, sometimes you say bad things. Sometimes people say bad things to you, but you know, if at the end of the day you can make up and move past it and become stronger people from it, I mean, that's, that's, that's the most important thing right there. Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, you know, when you're tired and you can't keep, you know, keep drinking coffee to keep yourself up, you know, you, you got to do what's best for yourself. And it seems like you, you took care of yourself at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, like I said, I kind of went through a, a breakup of that. <laughs> like a month before I quit Spike and Barley, I, I was realizing it was just making me a very angry person to be around, and I, I didn't like that. Well, now that we kind of went over the Spike and Barley stuff, and maybe there's some a couple of people out there who watch your stuff and didn't really know what happened um, in the past, let's kind of move forward. Let's talk about, you know, your, your, your return as yourself. Now, uh, did you start, you create your own YouTube channel before you started going back to Twitch? Or did you kind of do both? What was your plan as far as doing your own solo uh, content? Well, after I quit Spike and Barley a couple months later, I created my own side channel, and I did it. I did it quietly too. I didn't. I didn't tell the Spike and Barley fans. Um, and uh, it was just. It was just a place for me to upload my own stuff because every time I would upload to the Spike and Barley channel, people got mad, which which is understandable. I mean, but I. Uh, yeah, so I created my own channel, and I just been uploading random stuff to it. And then, um, 
in 2013, beginning of 2013, I released a video uh, called the Survival Horror Dead. And I worked on it for about two months. And I was super proud of it. And I uploaded it. And uh, I, didn't, I didn't expect much. I would have been happy if I got like 10,000 views. Which probably sounds like that's much. But, you know, <laughs> at, at that time, Spike and Barley was getting like 100,000 views per video sometimes. So it was like, yeah, I mean, like if I put two, uh, two months of work into a video, 10,000 views is just kind of like, that'd be really nice. I wasn't expecting anything. But then uh, overnight, or not even overnight, literally within six hours, it went up to 100,000 views or something. It was like, what is going on? Jeez. Wow. And um, then I, then I kind of created an issue. Now I was getting all these new people in who didn't even know me from Spike and Barley. So now I'm getting people like saying, you need to make a new Barley video. And then I got people on the other side of the fence saying, you need to make, make new Spike and Barley. And then there's like this small minority in in the distance going you need to make more machinimas you know it's like <laughs> so so now i've got like three different things going on i'm like oh crap <laughs> so, um i didn't make a whole lot of those video essay videos um they're they're inspired by like you know angry video game nerd and rmake 21 and stuff like that and um i uh I, I was i was so lucky that they blew up like they did it, it definitely was one of the best feelings I could ever ask for you know just working on something putting your heart and soul in something and expecting nothing and then just getting everything you know but um yeah so <laughs> that was kind of the last thing i did on youtube before uh before twitch um was the video essay videos and it's so weird to me too because i i, I just kind of assume everyone's just a spike and barley fan coming in and and expecting you're like gonna ask me about spike and barley but sometimes i get people coming in being like yo when are you gonna make more barley videos so <laughs> i feel bad it's like <laughs> it's like none of none of none of my viewers are getting getting what they what they want hopefully soon though hopefully soon i'll i'll, I'll, I'll change that around off and on youtuber barley might be might be an on on youtuber for a little bit you know what's, you know what's funny is that you talk about avgn anchor video game nerd he has influenced like making videos and streams and it, it's amazing how much of a staple it seems he is in a culture of like making videos and playing video games I'm, I'm, it blows my mind well like he makes a video about some old game and suddenly that game doubles in price on ebay you know like that's <laughs> that's influence <laughs> man that's that's insane so you know you start your own youtube channel and you're putting some videos out and you're kind of getting people who you don't you don't know people that know you from Spike Barley and those very few people who are still waiting on those Machinima videos. Um, Pokajaba. <laughs> let's talk about like your first uh, your first Twitch stream because uh, that's you know what was that like uh, starting it up and and doing it. What what was the first stream like for you? Now I believe you 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 streamed at one point and then you took a a long break. And then you, you came back. Let's talk about the first time you fired that up. The, the, first, the first time, time? You, you streamed on your Barley channel. Oh, Barley. Okay, so like newer streams. Because cause I, I, I stream like once a year. Like every year I'd do like a New Year's stream. And I would play Family Feud on the SNES or like Jeopardy on SNES. And I'd just invite all my friends and then we'd get drunk and... We we did this for for like every year, and then I didn't stream in like 2017, I think. 
Um, and I had, so I had this partnered Twitch account, you know, that I got, you know, partnered back in 2012 and I wasn't really using it. I felt kind of bad. <laughs> well, at the time I didn't even realize, I didn't even understand how hard it was to get partner. So I'm like, okay, so I got this account that I'm not really doing anything with. So I felt kind of bad, but I never used it. I never, I never, I never took the initiative to use it. And, um, I got, <laughs> I got, I got, um, my account hijacked in December of 2017 and it was hijacked by a Russian streamer who used it to play PUBG. So he was banning my viewers that would come and be like, Hey, you're not barley, blah, blah, blah. And, um, uh, that really upset me. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what are you doing, Ben, and my viewers? So um, I contact Twitch. I get my account back. And then all of a sudden, I don't know. It's just like some clicked in me. I'm like, you know, what am I, what, why am I not using this account? Like, like why, why, like it's here. Like what, you know, I, I become so, I had such a misconception of what Twitch was. I was so used to YouTube and the negativity of YouTube. That I just assumed, I just assumed like Twitch was the same thing, you know, just negative people. But now you gotta deal with them in the flesh, you know. And I, uh, I, um, so I, I just kind of overlooked Twitch. I, I didn't bother ever going on the website. But once the, once I got this account back, suddenly I, I don't know. I guess I guess I I was like maybe I should try this out. Maybe I should give this a shot. I don't know why I'm just choosing not to not to go on this website. Maybe I'll like it. So I asked my friends, I'm like, guys, should I do it? And they all said, yeah, yeah, de definitely do it. So the first stream back, um, I think it was January 29th, 2018. I was super nervous. I was really, really nervous. I thought like I had to make an overlay. I had to go copy someone else's style, stuff like that. I remember making the overlay. I just kept taking parts out of it because I'm like, this isn't me. This isn't me. I don't care about top bit. I don't care about, you know, all this, all this stuff. It's, you know, I just, I just want to play games and hang out with people. I kept taking stuff out of the overlay. <laughs> and, then, and then by the end of it, I just had a dog, a dog and the word barley. And that became my overlay. Like it's as simplistic as it gets, I guess. <laughs> I guess everyone goes through that phase of like putting top donator and latest follower and all this stuff. And you're like, Oh, this is so cool. You know? And then you're like, eventually like, as you, you know, you, you stream for a while, you're like, eh, this is kind of getting annoying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I literally just got the dog, the name and I, I clicked live and it was like, it was nerve wracking. <laughs> it was, it was nerve wracking, but it was, it was cool. I, I uploaded a video to the Barley channel. I said, Hey, I'm streaming. Come hang out if you want. And, uh, my first stream back, I had 130 people or something like that. It was, it was not bad for what I would consider my first real stream, but you know, I played RE4. I had my friends there. Um, the, the follow alerts were just nonstop <laughs> for like two hours. It was just, yo, thanks for the follow, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Oh, uh, thanks for the follow, blah, blah, blah. It was just, it was this new thing to me. But you know what, it, you know what, you know what the feeling it gave me was? It made me feel, what's the, that? You know, remember when I first uploaded that video back in like 2007, I mentioned, and it just felt so pure and exciting, like this new thing again? It gave me that feeling. Like yeah. it, it felt like I, I was, I was experiencing something new again. Um, and I, I couldn't have been more wrong about the toxicity of Twitch. Because the chat was super nice. It was 
we were hanging out. We were talking about games. We were talking about stuff I've been working on. I was asking Chad how they were doing. You know, it's, it it felt really nice. It was it was just a really good experience. And I mean, obviously, I guess I liked it because it's a year and a half later, or almost two years later. I God, that's so weird. It's almost two years later, and and I'm I'm still here, and I and I'm still on the website every day. Uh, Twitch has definitely been a really really good thing for me i think like mentally mentally and uh just just in general really uh just the people i've met like yourself um good being able to socialize with like-minded people and stuff like that the thing about youtube that people forget is it's a lonely platform like it's you uploading a video and that's it you know you get comments and sometimes you get other creators reaching out to you but it's still like your channel you know, it's, it's not, I mean, going back to why I made the machinimas because I wanted to work with someone or even Spike and Barley, it's because, you know, I want to work with someone else and stuff. You know, it's social experience that I love so much. And with Twitch, it's like, you get that, you get what you can't get on YouTube. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I really, I've, I've really enjoyed my time here on Twitch and I'm glad I gave it a shot. Cause I could, I could have, I could have just stayed in my ways and been like, ah, Twitch, rah, do that. So you said your your first stream, you have over a hundred and twenty people on your your first stream coming back, versus you know some people who start with zero. Um, <laughs> that's kind of amazing, but that also shows that that's what having an audience prior to Twitch, uh, will will definitely do. And uh, so so you made that comeback stream. What kept you going, like as far as you know, keep streaming as the time went forward, and what was it? How did you make new acquaintances, friends, and and things like that through Twitch versus where you were in a box in YouTube and you didn't, you couldn't really do that. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Um, at first I just streamed RE4, and then I streamed Subnautica, <laughs> and then I streamed uh, Final Fantasy 12. Um. I didn't, I don't know. I, I didn't even, I wasn't even aware that there was communities on, on Twitch. I don't even think I was hosting or, or rating after every stream. Ironically though, and she doesn't remember it, but I have the proof. It's on my history. Charlie Ultra actually gave me my first raid ever. Uh, Charlie Ultra is a, is another uh, retro streamer. Uh, she actually randomly raided me on, on RE4 one night. And I, I, I'm so, I feel so bad because, uh, I didn't have raid or host alerts and I didn't know what a raid or host was. So she raided me with 40 people and I don't even think I acknowledged it. <laughs> I feel so oh my gosh. bad about that, dude. I I actually brought it up to what? Charlie not too long ago. She's like, I actually don't remember that. And I'm like, at first I thought it was crazy. I'm like, wait, I could have swore it was Charlie Ultra. But yeah, I, I, I actually found it in the uh, the Twitch history. So I'm not crazy. <laughs> But I, maybe I'm a little bit crazy for going through the effort <laughs> of finding that. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I just I wasn't I wasn't used to the etiquette of Twitch. I mean, before I even came to Twitch, I didn't even I didn't even know what like a Twitch emote was. Like I, I didn't understand Kappa, and it really bothered me. I'm like, what is this stupid face? Stop it! Don't do that in my channel. I don't know what that means. <laughs> so, so I didn't even know what bits were. I think someone gave me like 1,000 bits on my first stream, and I was like, hey, uh, thanks. <laughs> like I don't know what is that. <laughs> Um, 
I feel really bad though because I don't want to seem like I'm ungrateful. It's just I I was just that much of a ding dong. I had no idea. I didn't, <laughs> I had no idea what I was getting into. But um yeah, I don't know. Eventually, I found the retro channel. I think I got. I think I found it through Arcus actually. I don't remember how I found Arcus though. Um, Ninja Gaiden or something. <laughs> actually, I think I found it for um oh, what's his name NES something Aldi. Oh, Cardinality? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think it. Anyway, I saw his um his stream on AGDQ, and then I went to his stream, and I saw he was streaming at Retro, and I'm like, what's Retro? And I guess the, the rest is history from there, because I went into Retro, and just I just met so many awesome people. and uh, I, I hate to call it networking, because that's not what I do. I, I, I'm here to make friends, honestly. I, I, I could care less about networking. But, you know, people just call it networking. But, you know, I would go on the channels and people would be like, oh, you know, what's up? You know, it's like, oh, you stream and stuff like that. The check mark definitely gave me a leg up. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm aware of it. <laughs> you don't need to remind me. But, uh, yeah, I met a lot of awesome people. Um, uh, I met, uh, um, well, a, a good, a good, a good, uh, a good person to mention is probably Retrograde Tom, actually. He's been extremely supportive of me since I first came here. I think the second stream I ever did in retro, he followed me. And I had like 13 viewers. Oh, I should mention that, by the way. I had a very good first stream, and then a, a bunch of streams after that, I only had like 13, 16, 20 viewers. I was so over the moon the first time I got over 30. I was like, yes! Which is so weird to think, because, you know, like back in 2012, I had 1,200 viewers. <laughs> That's a, uh, It's like, oh... That's a big decline right there. I mean, to be fair, I haven't streamed for like seven years, but <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it's it's been a really good experience. There's a lot of nice people. It YouTubers will try to network a lot to grow their own channel, and I mean, Twitch people do too. I'm not obviously they do, but Twitch people also just feel more genuinely interested in how you're doing and stuff like that, and it's just a good place to be. I mean, you're a great example of it. I mean, you, you, everyone who comes into your stream, you're asking how they're doing and stuff like that. You, you pick their brain and, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's that kind of coziness that I like. I mean, I'm being a little bit biased towards not big streams. Um, cause of course you go into like, I don't know, like Tyler one's channel and it's just waterfall of text, Greek gods channel. It's like waterfall of text, you know? So it's like that, that kind of stuff isn't for me. I, I kind of like the connected feeling of Twitch versus YouTube. There's so many people just waiting to meet you, <laughs> basically. Yeah, I mean, you you say about 13 viewers, but yeah, you like the the smaller streams. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, now my channel's like too big for me, and I'm like, oh, I need to go hang out in someone else's channel. So here's a question for you, and this is you're a pretty unique case. And the fact that you started out with a lot of viewers, do, do you think that you didn't benefit from the grind of building your channel? Hmm. I, I mean, I definitely did the grind. Um, I just don't think I did the grind as hard as anyone else did. Like, cause I mean, again, I went from 13 viewers early last year and now I'm, now I'm pulling like 70 to a hundred per stream. So I mean, in a, in a year and a half, um, from just streaming and being somewhat consistent, we're we're not gonna talk about my my stream consistency here because that's a whole another that's a whole another <laughs> bag. But I, I you know 
I definitely did grow my channel, and I, I, I didn't, I, I didn't want to rely on my YouTube audience either. After that first stream with 130 people, I was like, you know what? I don't just want to bring my viewers over here. I want to, I want to build myself up like everyone else did. I don't want to feel like I, I just got privilege. You know, like I just come here and I'm like, hey guys, okay, I'm a partner here now. Like I, I wanted to actually earn my colors, <laughs> and so for the last year and a half, I've just, uh, focused on doing that. I've um. And I've met a lot of awesome people. There's a lot of really good streamers out there, and uh, you know, I I wouldn't I wouldn't have grown without their help too. Like it's like waifu, freaking waifu's been super supportive. Yourself, you've been crazy supportive. You like pretty much raid me every every time I'm uh, I'm on after you. Um, no, it's uh, it's been uh, it's been a it's been a wall of red. I, but I, I do know that you know. I grinded less than probably most people. I because I, I, I see people doing that grind where they're just at six viewers for years and six to ten viewers, and it's just you know. Also, uh, I have to say I hate the word grind, but I use that word because that's what people most people refer it to. Uh, when you say grind, you mean yeah. growing your channel and streaming and maybe build something out of it. And uh, yeah, I, I don't like calling it a grind, you it's, know what I mean? It's, it's fun. Like, it's it not a... like you're going to work, going to the old grind, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, so, you know, you you talked about, you know, the fluctuation in amount of audience that you're dealing with, um, and things like that. So, what, where is the stand now where you are as far as streaming, like, um, have you found your home? Have you found what you liked? And also, uh, how is it balancing your Resident Evil stuff and, and doing different things? I, I definitely found uh, my place here. I uh, I really like Twitch. I really, really like Twitch. And I, uh, I mean, it's like I said uh, earlier, it's like I'm just, I'm happy that I had this ability or this opportunity to experience, you know, this and in terms of like kind of finding my at first i wasn't sure I, I just played so many different things and eventually i was like you know what? i'll play retro i like retro and i was just kind of playing like snes games for a little bit and i realized that everyone's playing snes games i was like well what do i know what can i bring to the table and I stopped back, you know, Spike and Barley, freaking my machinima is like every video, every video I've made has been about old horror games and stuff like that. So I realized, you know what? I like, I don't see any channels in retro streaming old horror. And I guess that's, that's kind of, that's kind of where I, I found myself. Um, last year I played through all the Resident Evil or no, Silent Hills. This year I played through all the Resident Evils, all the good ones. And semi not good ones, um, and I'm playing through Fatal Frame now. I'm kind of going back, and I'm just experiencing all, experiencing all those horror games that, uh, you know, that define my childhood, or like maybe that I haven't gotten to play. Um, uh, I think it's I think it's a pretty good niche. I mean, I can't think of many other people. Like horror is definitely a niche on Twitch. It, it's a big. I feel like it's more of a niche on Twitch, and a bigger. Um, it's bigger on YouTube, uh, and and I'm not sure why. I'm kind of curious why that would be maybe maybe because uh jump scares and reactions and stuff like that yeah maybe like to. people can just edit it to be more entertaining i don't know but um no i i play a lot of horror jank and 
old school horror stuff and it, it's just, it's just kind of my i don't want to say forte but it's just kind of my what i enjoy the most it, it's definitely the thing i know the most about the thing i'm coziest with um and i'm really glad that people also enjoy it because you know it's it's people come out and they like to see me get scared and they also like to trigger loud alerts while i'm playing scary games that also scares me <laughs> I, I think people just like to see me scared i think that's just the common trend let's uh let's talk a little bit about you said the word etiquette what does that mean hmm. well i don't know i i feel like it could mean a lot of things i feel like a lot of people on the internet content creators lack um oh wait 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 hold on oh wait let me let me restart that let me restart that um i feel like etiquette honestly is it's weird it changes from site to site honestly you go on youtube and everyone's just trying to be like an edgy comedian in the comments but then you go to twitch and it's just like people are spamming emotes and if you don't if you don't go on twitch you're like what what is this what are these emotes this needs to stop i don't like the spam and that's how I felt. Um, there, there is a low-key competition between people who go on YouTube and people who go on Twitch. You see it a lot in the comment sections. You even see it on, on YouTube. It's like people talking smack about Twitch, right? You know, it's, it's like, oh, yeah, Twitch streamer does this. And then people in the comments are like, freaking Twitch, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, uh, you know, there's, there's a pretty negative... Uh, perception of twitch chat on, <laughs> on on youtube um you know what the emote spam it's because they literally will go into the biggest channel on twitch and just see a waterfall and they're like right. oh that's what twitch is and it's like homie that is like literally 0.001 percent of twitch there's so many channels that right. don't even have a fraction of that and they just see like these uh you know gnarly comments and emotes yeah. and you know making fun of yeah whoever streaming and things like that that was usually like in the, the, the much larger channels it yeah seems like and um when i first came to twitch you know i just i had my interesting way of typing you know <laughs> i think you i think you might remember it i had like little smiley and stuff like that and all stuff and <laughs> um but eventually there's this one one streamer that i watched and she would just she i don't know why but she hounded me <laughs> for not using emotes and so she like like she'd be streaming and then I would type an emote and I'd be like, what does this mean? <laughs> type another emote. What does this mean? And so that's how I kind of learned about, uh, I mean, I still don't really use Kappa. Kappa is bad, but I do use PogChamp a lot. Um, um, no, I, I've, I've learned that just like using emotes is just kind of like just how Twitch is. It's, um, and, and it's so bad for me now that whenever I go to like, facebook or if i go to discord or even if i go to youtube like i'll type something i'll message out to someone and then i i go like lul and i'm like oh wait hold on <laughs> i can't use that here <laughs> like it's totally ingrained into me. my into my day-to-day -day, uh thought process but yeah a lot of people a lot of people don't realize i don't i don't know if etiquette's the right word but i just call it twitch etiquette um you know, using emotes definitely gets the emotion of what you're trying to get across. It gets it across better. Um, 
because sometimes things sound sarcastic <laughs> when you type it. And I was noticing a lot of streamers didn't know how to react to what I was saying when I first got to Twitch. Like they, It's like weird. It's like they thought I was being sarcastic or passive aggressive. And I couldn't figure out why. I'm like, what? And then I just realized it's because they're so used to seeing emotes on everything. So when someone just doesn't use an emote, it just kind of stands out. Not to say literally everybody uses an emote on every sentence, but it's just, it, it, it helps get the delivery across of what you're trying to do. Or sometimes it's like, you know, something funny happens. You just type LUL. Like, you don't need to say LMAO, haha, that was funny. Or like, oh my God, did you see it? It's just like, it's just a, it's just a really easy way of talking. And the reason I call it Twitch etiquette, though, is because I literally, I do not see this on any other website. Um, I, I sincerely don't think there's a website outside of Twitch that is as emote driven in its chats. Um, like, I mean, of course on Twitter, you see people spamming like emotes and stuff like that, but it's more for like comedic gag, you know, people genuinely like use emotes for con conveying what they're thinking or how they're feeling or, I mean, it's gotten so bad that some streamers just literally say LUL out, out loud or like Munka S and it's like, <laughs> it's like, dude, you you shouldn't say it <laughs> but yeah it's um twitch etiquette was definitely something i had to learn yeah and it's kind of like um those emotes give facial expressions when you talk you know versus like the youtube comments you just assume everyone's serious and it's like on twitch it's like all these emotes and there's like facial expressions next to the words so you kind of can communicate better exactly you can read the tone better i'll tell you the best twitch emote though by far is M R R N or K N D S. <laughs> I use it for everything. <laughs> I don't know why. There's no emotion attached to your emote, MR Knight. There's no emotion. That's why it's an amazing emote. Because <laughs> it's like you type something, you put that at the end of it, and people are like, what? <laughs> what, tone of, what tone is that? Oh, man. So, um,. Have you experienced any, um, well, we, there's the other end Twitch etiquette too, as far as like chat and how to conduct yourself. Have you ever ran any problems like, you know, now that you're a year or two in and into like, you know, somewhat consistently streaming, uh, have you had any <laughs> like learning curves as far as like, well, this person's trying to, you know, uh, promote themselves or, you know, they're talking negatively. How do I handle this? Do you have any like input as far as like how you learn how to handle how to it? Handle and how it. you learn to handle it? Hmm. I I guess I, I was I, I you know I was forged by the fires of YouTube. I, I'm used to the negativity, right? So that's why like when I came to Twitch, it was so nice to see all the positivity. Um but yeah, you know, you do get people coming in once in a while. I mean, one of my first streams, um, it was like three in the morning and it was totally dead. Chat didn't move for like half an hour. And this guy comes in and he goes, like, Are you trying to do like the meme dog thing or like what? And I'm like, No, that's my dog bear. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes and he's like, So you're copying the meme? And I'm like, No, that like this uh, he's been in my videos for like eight years or something. And he goes, Oh, so he's gonna die soon. Cool. Haha, <laughs> bye. And I'm like Wow. <laughs> I'm like, listen, man. <laughs> I sat there quietly, kept playing for about 10 seconds, and I'm like, you know what? And I just went and banned the guy. It's, um, I mean, you get it once in a while. You get it. And, and people do prey on the, on the quieter channels. I, I, I see all these videos of, like, bigger channels, like, getting a troll once in a while, and then they, like, roast them, and then 
they upload it and everyone's like, yeah, you, 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 you go, you do that. But it's like, yo, <laughs> bigger channels barely get trolls. Let's, let's be honest here. I mean, they, they, they purposely seek out quieter channels. Like they want, they want it. So their message is red, you know? And right. You know, so it, it is going to be the smaller streamers, the newer streamers that have to deal with this kind of stuff. And it, it, it can be demoralizing. It kind of sucks. Um, but the only real piece of advice I can say is don't react to it. If they say something stupid, just be like, oh, wow, okay. Like, passive-aggressively just literally say, okay, cool message, bye, and then ban them. Just be over Don't give them fuel. They're just looking for a reaction. They've put less effort into that message than... Then, then, then you expect like they just literally want to see if they can piss you off. If they can't piss you off, they'll just leave. Um, don't, don't let it, don't let it ruin your night. Don't let it define you. Don't let it, don't let it do anything really. It's these people, they're just gonna come and go. It doesn't matter. It's not a big deal. And eventually, you know, you won't have to deal with it when you when your channel when you continue to grow your channel. You know. Yeah, the best, like, one of my favorite tactics to do in situations like that is just say hi to the person. <laughs> like you didn't and read if it. And they don't say hi back, if they don't say hi back, and it's like, all right, you're not here to, to be part of what we're doing here. <laughs> That's a good detector, usually. Yeah. Yeah, it's because they don't know how to react. They're like, uh. <laughs> so, you know, you, you learn the Twitch etiquette and all these things. So let's let's talk about a little bit about... um the the communities you join i i guess I, i'm not a big fan of the word community i, I kind of think about it as you know categories and people playing the same stuff and you mentioned retro which is kind of a very unique category and the fact that you could showcase pretty much anything um how did you go about finding friends and meeting people and things like that what was what rabbit hole did you go down to to find everybody because it seems like once you meet one streamer you're going down a rabbit hole you're gonna meet pretty much everybody at some point yeah it, it's weird because lots of circles overlap you know and it's, it's really weird when you like go into like some random channel on the other side of the website and you're like no i won't know anyone here and then you talk and then someone you know is in the chat and you're like oh this this is weird <laughs> this is a little uh i didn't expect you here yeah i don't know it, twitch is so weird um use retro as a good example here um Retro almost feels like high school. There's clicks. There's lots of people, you know, that are friends. There's like friend groups. There's, you know, not everyone likes each other, um, but a lot of people do like each other. And uh, it's um, sorry, I had the burp there. Um, it's uh, I don't know. It, it's 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 definitely a lot different from YouTube than what I was used to. Um, it feels like it, at least when I first came to the website, it felt really weird. It felt like I was the outsider. It's like, I was coming in with my, my stupid badge, my partner badge, and I'm a YouTuber and I don't understand Twitch. And at least that's how I felt. I felt like the new kid in school, you know, you know, you know, like that kind of just like, I, I feel like an outsider. I don't know anyone, but you quickly learn that, you know, Everyone's everyone's pretty nice. Everyone's pretty nice. Um but you also learn that not everyone likes each other. And people are people are pretty good about it. People people 
don't usually start drama, but there is drama. I mean, there's gonna be drama anywhere. Um. Uh, what was what was the exact question again? Sorry. Oh no, no worries. I was just saying, uh, uh <clears throat> how you like befriended people and and things like that. I mean, obviously, you know, you some at some point, whatever website you're on, you're gonna find some, you know, groups or whatever. I mean, I myself, I try to stay out of that. It's like, yeah. you like my channel, you like it, okay, cool, you know. And some people try to push uh to watch their channel. I've I've realized in some point in cases, but what do you think the the going the right way to befriend people and not just to make them watch your channel, not to do that. That shouldn't be your number one priority. It should be, you know to just know them as a person. Um, what what path did you take to, you know, get to know people? And not just retro, but it could be anything on Twitch. I just, I don't know. I, I kind of just came over to Twitch and just started hanging out in, in channels. I, I felt like I was getting weird looks sometimes, though. Like, uh, at least early on. Again, I, I didn't know how to type, so I think people were just taking my sentences as passive aggressism. Ag aggressism. Um, but overall, I, I, I just, at first I, I definitely did feel like the outsider at a new school or something like that. You know, I, I came here, I didn't really know anyone. I didn't know how to talk to people. Um, but once I kind of found the niche of people that I could relate to and talk to, um, which for me was a lot of people in retro, you know, it's like, okay, you know, these are older, more mature people that. Um, it's easier to just shoot the shit and talk about old games and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's, it, it, it's definitely, you're not going to have much luck trying to, uh, engage with a channel. Like if I went to a Fortnite channel right now, I wouldn't know what to say. <laughs> I would have no idea what to say. Even if I liked the streamer, I'd just be sitting there like, yeah, you go good job on killing that guy you know it's like i don't know what to say um it's not for me but you know if i went into a channel playing like earthbound or something you know i'd be like okay <laughs> yeah i'd be all into it um I, th I think i think the best way to just engage and socialize on twitch is just the the focus on places where you know you're with people with like-minded you know interests and stuff like that um you know, for me, you know, I, I don't know a lot of horror streamers, but, you know, the horror streamers I do know, I get along with great. And it's because, you know, like, we have common interests. You know, same thing with retro, you know. There's a lot of retro streamers I like. I like hanging out in there because I feel like it's more of a laid-back kind of old-schooly kind of feel. You know, the average streamer in retro is a little more little more uh, relaxed and stuff like that. A little less, little less, um... Uh, I guess stereotypical streamer feel, you know, you go that you get from a bigger channel or like Fortnite or something like that. Not that I have anything against Fortnite. I mean, like if if someone's in the Fortnite, you're in the Fortnite. But it's not for me personally. But yeah, it's 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 just something you you just kind of bounce around a bit, and then eventually you kind of find your niche. Um, I don't even know if I fully found my niche, but you know, I've met a lot of really cool people, and I've met a lot of friends on here. So I I I think I'm doing something right. So. You know, uh, you know, going through and, and getting to know different people and, you know, things like that. What, uh, do you remember the first person you met? First person I met on Twitch? 
like another streamer as far as like communicate yeah as far as communicating and like hanging out on their channel and you're like you know what this is pretty cool hmm well i mean i was lucky enough to have you know my viewers from youtube come over first person I think I do remember. Uh, she was playing uh, Final Fantasy V. And it was like 5 in the morning. <laughs> you can relate to this, MR Night. Uh, it was like 5 in the morning. And I was working on stuff. So I was just kind of hanging out and relaxing. And uh, yeah, no, she, uh, uh, you know, I just needed like background noise, you know? And um, it was like the first time where I was just kind of just hanging out and doing nothing but it was it was just kind of like a nice relaxing just you know you you talk when you want to talk and stuff like that but in terms of like actually talking to someone about like streamer stuff and stuff i should do honestly that might have been you mr night <laughs> that might have been you might be like one of the only people i actually talk to about like actual streamer stuff and stuff that you know you, you deal with on stream you know because you never want to say that stuff on stream you know you don't want people to feel like you're pointing the finger at them, you know, it's like, it's just like streamer problems, I guess. <laughs> it's the best way to describe it. You know, sometimes we, uh, sometimes we, uh, we, we feel certain ways and it's like, we got no place to put it. Um, I don't know who, who would be like the first person though, but you, I don't know. We mentioned it earlier, but it's been like a year and a half and, uh, you've definitely, you've definitely let me rant out a few things and, We've definitely chatted back and forth about, you know, ideas for a channel and stuff to do and stuff to avoid and good and bad ideas and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with M R R Knight guys. If you haven't checked out M R Knight, please do. He's a fantastic streamer. So do you have any um, influences or inspirations uh, as you came on the Twitch? Uh, as far as uh, you know, how you wanted to present your stream and things like that, or did you use a lot of the tools that you learned from YouTube and apply it there? Uh, I don't, I don't know. Um, I did, I was inspired a bit by background guy zero two. He, um, he's a, uh, J old JRPG streamer and speedrunner, And, um, he, uh, I remember going into the stream and I was really liking like his audio quality. And I noticed like he didn't have a webcam and his, you know, very simplistic overlay. And at that point, when I was coming to Twitch, I was like, you know, it's, it seems like every channel has webcam and overlay and all this information and stuff like that. And when I saw that he didn't have it, I was like, you know what? Like, I don't need it. If he can do it, I can do it. You know, it's like, so I, I it, he definitely inspired me to just kind of go with the, the overlay that I was, you know, more me, you know, not not overdone and flashy and yada 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 you know simplistic here's a dog here's here's my name <laughs> here's me here's me in really good audio quality but so I, I basically put more focus on audio quality after after seeing background guy um overall though i mean i didn't i didn't really watch a lot of twitch before i started streaming um there's there's definitely a, a few streams here and there that you know Definitely. I mean, like, uh, I, I guess you can you can count like NES Cardinality as, uh, you know, the reason I found retro. So in a way, he inspired me to go to retro, which I, I really liked because you know I'm a variety streamer at heart. So the fact that there's just a category that 
covers all the things that I want to play. Like I, I like that. It feels more like a community, and it feels like everyone inside the the same category is has the same mindset, and that's that's what I like about it. So you mentioned background guy. I mean, he's a pretty unique streamer. You know, no face cam and using audio and stuff like that, which you know matches what you wanted to do. What? So let's talk a little bit about like you know, you could say psychology of how you wanted to present your stream. What made you want to now use a face cam versus you see a lot of other people use it? And how effective do you think a face cam really is in a stream? Um, I've never really used a face cam. I mean, Spike and Barley was the same thing. Um, it's not like I'm afraid of the camera or anything like that. It's just I have this, like, I almost have, like, this, I don't know. Um, well, basically, you, you look at a lot of YouTube videos, and it's just like the thumbnails are like these people's faces blown up, doing like a screaming face and yada, yada, yada. And it's just like, you know, I even in the Spike and Barley days, I never wanted it to be about us. I wanted it to be about the game and us reacting to the game. And I feel like when you got like a big face cam going on, and I'm not, I'm not saying like this as a blanket thing either, like, you know, but just me personally, it's like, you know, I'm playing these horror games and I want people to feel immersed in the game. You know, they're seeing what I'm seeing. And um, I felt like that was without a webcam was the best way to do it. Uh, I do just got like a little dog in the bottom right. It's more of like a watermark. It's like a channel watermark. But, you know, but uh, it, uh, yeah, I, I just, I just wanted the, I wanted it to be more about the game than, than just me and my reactions. Because I, I am experiencing a lot of these games for the first time. I'm going back, and I'm, I'm also playing a lot of games that people have never played before, like Hell Knight, Mars 3D, you know, games, st stuff like that. So if, like, if this is going to be, like, you know, if I'm playing an obscure game, the last thing I want to do is have my big old mug <laughs> covering, like, a fifth of it, you know what I mean? So that, that was definitely one of the reasons, one of the biggest reasons why I didn't do the webcam. The other reason is because I'm lazy. I'm very lazy. <laughs> and setting up lighting is, is an awful experience. So uh, as far as like people making their channel and growing their own channel or thinking about a comeback, what are some things that you feel like that people should think about when doing it? Besides having fun, uh, what are some good you know things for them to look at and review if they think that things aren't going their way or they're not happy with something? What can you suggest for them? Hmm. You're always going to have, you mean in terms of streaming? Uh, streaming or YouTube videos, anything. Because it pretty much applies to all, both of them. You're always going to have good and bad days, honestly. Um, hold on. Okay. Yeah, you're always going to have good and bad days, um, especially with streaming. Uh, you're going to have days where you have like the best stream of your life. And then the next day you have a pretty mediocre stream. <laughs> it, it happens. It's not the end of the world. Um, the thing is, is it's easy to lose yourself in, you know, a video or a stream that underperforms. It just doesn't feel good. It's not the end of the world. I mean, it's so easy to forget your overall growth. Like sometimes I have a stream and I'm like, eh, I don't feel that good about it. But then, you know, like, again, I remember like last year, February, I had 13 viewers in a stream and now I'm closer to a hundred. You know, it's like, it's so easy to just forget the work that you've put in 
and the growth that you've had. And just because you're not having a, a great day or you're not having a great stream or you, you, you uploaded a video and people didn't like it like you thought they would, just stick to it. Never, never give up on it. If it's truly your passion and it's truly what you want to do, just, just never falter on it. Just keep going at it. And, uh, you know, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna find that in a year, you probably have a bit more viewers. You might have a bit more subscribers. You, you never know. Like it, it's, it, it's Spike and Barley was a really good example. It's just like we were uploading videos and people were saying, stop making these, make machinimas. And then the next day, you know, we're, <laughs> we're uh, signed by YouTube and we got our own manager. It's, 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 it's quick as that. Just one day, uh, everything can change for you. And every day that you don't upload a video and every day that you don't stream is one missed opportunity for that kind of thing to happen. So just uh, don't don't let the small stuff get to you. So um, I guess on this note, I mean, we, we I think we pretty much went through everything, you know, as far as you got to Twitch and, and things like that. Um, you know, is there any other significant piece of advice that you th don't think is said enough, you know, versus keep streaming and having fun and all these things that you hear in the, the now, you know, YouTube, how to stream videos, which didn't exist two years ago. What is some advice you could give someone that you don't think is said enough? Um, I think the two biggest things is first off, ask yourself, would you watch your stream? I mean, most of us would say no, <laughs> But if you, if you genuinely think you wouldn't, what would you change about your stream, you know, to, to make it better, to make it more something that you want to watch? Um, you know, if you feel like the games you're playing aren't interesting, then play something you like. You know, if you're not having fun, the chatters won't have fun. You know, you need to make sure this is something, you know, people people want to be around someone who who's enjoying their time being there, you know? So don't don't ever... You know, just because a new game came out, and even if you don't like the game, but if you're playing it just because there's viewers on that category, don't do that. <laughs> it's it's probably not gonna work out for you. You're not you're not you're not gonna have fun. The viewers are not gonna have fun. And uh it's probably not gonna do much for you. The other thing that I think is so, so, so important on Twitch, and a lot of people say, you know, oh, you can get by without it. Nah. <laughs> a very important thing at Twitch is it's a very social platform. Super, super, super social. And you need to network. I hate calling it networking, but for the sake of the, the saying it, we're going to call it networking. The but definition. you need to network. Yeah. Like you need... People aren't going to host you. People aren't going to come to your channel. If they don't know you exist, you need to go out there. You need to put yourself out there. And this might even be like a... Like a day-to-day, -day, 12 hours a day kind of ordeal for some people. Like, you you need to go into channels. You need to make friends. And, I mean, come on. What's, what's wrong with making friends? <laughs> so that's why I wouldn't call this kind of a grind. But it definitely is very time-consuming. Um, so, I mean, just, like, that's why it's, it's a good thing. Like, if you're working on something, have streams up on the other screen. You know, just hang out in people's channels. Support them. Support them in the way that you want to be supported. And you're, you're going to find yourself surprised when uh, you, you start getting that support back. And how would people go about that? Because sometimes, you know, when you try to uh, make people aware that you are a streamer. I mean, I made the mistakes in the beginning. 
of, you know, oh, I'm streaming the stuff. And I learned that there's different ways of doing it. What was the best piece of advice you give to somebody who, uh, to, uh, make yourself known that you are a streamer in these things. So number one thing I always tell people is that like, if you're, you know, you really like a stream and you want them to know that you stream, the best thing to do is to raid them, you know, not excessively, like have one person spam a thousand things, but like, you know, host yeah, them yeah. and raid up and keep in and show that you want to support them in that way. Um, what would you suggest? Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, the easiest way for people to know that you're streaming is is, is if you have a uh, a partner badge. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. Um, <laughs> I, I think the best way to do it is, is like is is how Mr. Knight said it is just raid people, host them. You know, don't spam them, please. Don't come in with five people and just spam the chat for five minutes with the raid message. You know. So you know, support them, raid them, host them, you know, be there, hang out in their chats. Um and and don't be afraid of going into small channels. A lot of people go into these huge channels. You gotta understand someone with two hundred viewers probably gonna raid someone with, you know, a hundred or hundred and fifty viewers because, you know, that's that's just kinda how it goes. So like don't don't force yourself into big channels immediately and expect anything. You know, you need to, there's other small streamers out there and you need the support, you know, they need the support just as much as you do. Um, make friends, you know, again, raid them, host them, come in and say hi. Um, I mean, once they kind of get to know that you stream, you know, they'll ask, you know, how's your stream, blah, blah, blah. And um, if you're a speedrunner, honestly, if like you go into someone's stream and they're speedrunning a game that you run, just you know, low key be like, "Oh, yo, I just did a run on this and I got you know blank time." You know, uh, you know, you can bring up the conversation of speedrunning, and usually a speedrunner will be like, "Oh, you speedrun this?" You know, uh, and then you know they'll assume that you stream it as well. That's another way of uh, a good way of like networking and getting yourself out there. But remember, uh, going back to Twitch etiquette. Never ever <laughs> go out of your way to advertise yourself in someone else's chat. That's a big no no. Like, people, like, seriously, do not go into a chat and say, hey guys. And then, you know, but when you got it, when you're about to stream, you go, okay, guys, I got to head out. But I'm going to stream uh, Fortnite. <laughs> you know, it's like, you're not going to get, you're not going to get any viewers from that. And if anything, you're just going to get some pretty nasty looks. So, don't 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 do that. And I've made that mistake in the past because I was excited about streaming, and I get it. You know, when you first, you know how it. Well, maybe you do or you don't. Like when you first made your first YouTube video, you know it was exciting. You got something out there. Same thing with streaming, and you know you're just like, oh man, this is cool. You know what I mean? But like like you were saying, making that big mistake of you know self advertising makes it seem like, well, uh, well you're not watching this stream are you you're not paying attention to the time this person's putting in and uh i think it's um very very important to emphasize on that you do it's 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 how you go about telling people how you stream that's why we say hosts and raids they can't ignore it forever you know what i mean but i think we should also emphasize in the fact that don't expect to follow every time you host somebody because one, they can forget, like I do sometimes. I'm guilty, um, you know. Uh, and two, 
maybe that it's not the stream for them to watch, you know, because they, they can't relate to the stuff that you're streaming. Yeah, no, definitely. And, um, the other thing is, is don't, don't go into someone's channel just with the idea of networking. Like you gotta make friends, you know, if you give out shallow support, you're just going to get shallow support, you know, go in there and actually support them. And then they'll want to support you. Um, the only, uh, the only way that, uh, a lot of people actually grow on, on Twitch is, is by making actual friends. You know, it's, it's, if you're just looking for viewership, if you're just looking for, you know, the hosts, I mean, there's those free host channels out there. <laughs> Don't use those. Don't use those. Um, but I mean, that's, that, that's the. Yeah, like that's the equivalent of what you're gonna get if if you just go in with the mentality of just like, all right, I'm gonna support this guy because I want their viewership. Like, nah, don't don't do that. Uh, people can smell that kind of stuff. Like, they'll they'll spot it a mile away. And like another thing is too is that um, this is at a, a TwitchCon panel. I don't know a year or two ago. How you shouldn't like frame yourself as a small streamer. You should be. I'm a you know I play blind playthroughs. I do speed runs. I play old games or I play Resident Evil. I feel like framing yourself small is only going to limit your growth. Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah. You um you you definitely want to come off I don't I don't want to say professional. Just you want to you want to be true to what makes you you. You know what I mean? Like don't don't just go to like, you know, crowds panels and then copy and paste. You know, it, it's it's not going to look good. You, you, if you're if you come off as a smaller streamer and you come off as someone who's like more cozy or like you know something like that, then you know make it apparent in the in the the panels. Like pe people do look at the panel. I mean, I look at the panels all the time, and I feel like panels gives you a really good idea of what to expect from a uh, from a streamer before you actually get in there. It's a good thing I would update those panels in two years. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, I agree. I mean, looking at the roles and figuring out what the environment is like going into it. And um, like you said, you know, you don't want to copy people. And you also don't want to make it seem like everything that you're not, you know. Like, uh, you wouldn't believe how many times I've, I've gone on, you know, a Twitter tweet or anything like that where they make it seem like this big deal. You know, it's a grand opening. Here we go. We got all this stuff and bells and whistles and megaphones going off. And they are just sitting there quiet and things like that. And it's nothing to engage with that they make themselves to be super engaging. You got to let the, you know, the stream speak for itself pretty much. Exactly. Also, don't add one of those weird arcade machine things in your panels. I see those sometimes. And it's like, what? what is the purpose of this? Do you not want me watching your stream? Oh, the mini games? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I should be watching your stream, not playing his little game. That's that's another thing, too. Is I feel like people sometimes will take um, a bunch of responsibility to add bots and all this crazy stuff. I did that at one point, and I realized how much how stressful it was. And then a year or two ago, I said, you know what? I'm going back to basics. Going back to some piss, you know, being very simple and just trying to I guess like if you take away too many tools you only can learn to improve what you have if that makes any sense 
kind of like when you play, you know, like a drum set. If you can learn to play the snare and the tom, or the snare, uh, tom, and cymbal, and the bass drum, you can add more stuff once you are get really good with the things that you do have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Baby steps. You can't, you can't just shoot for the top. Yeah. Expectations, I think, is the biggest enemy of a lot of small streamers. I, me personally, one thing that kind of bugs me is when like a new streamer comes in and like they have like ten followers and immediately they put up like a thousand dollar dono for like rent or like a dono bar for rent and it's like, what? <laughs> you're getting getting kind of I don't know. Yeah, I feel like you're getting kind of ahead of yourself. But also like, if you're doing that. Wouldn't it just be easier to? <laughs> oh man, I might get flack for this. But wouldn't it just be easier to get a job? It, I mean, if you're coming to Twitch literally just to make money, you know, uh, going back to kind of YouTube and the days of YouTube that I did enjoy, it's like uh, I, I I liked YouTube when everyone wasn't just trying to make money on YouTube, and you know, it definitely stands out when it when I get that feeling from someone on Twitch, you know who just it, it feels like they're just here to make money and uh you know personally i i don't really want to support someone like that it makes me question you know you know how honest they're being with a lot of people you know like do, do they actually care about the people in their chat or they just care more about making you know a few dollars from from chat you know it's the thing about twitch too that's different from youtube is on youtube i was paid by ad revenue on Twitch, I'm paid by very generous people, very awesome people in the chat. And I, I want to make sure, like, like they know that how appreciated that is for me or for me. And I, at the same time, it's like, you know, in my channel, I have, like, freaking 200 plus alerts. And they're all loud and they're all obnoxious. But I want people to make sure, like, they feel like they got their money's worth. You know, like, if they're going to be generous, I want them to feel like they get something interactive, something fun out of it. And, uh, me personally, like I've never done a, a dono goal, but I feel like if I was ever to throw up a dono goal, it would have to be like an emergency. It wouldn't just be like, you know, help me pay my bills this month. Cause I mean, I feel like, I feel like that's kind of abusing the platform, but Hey, that's, that's kind of me. I'm ready for the flack that I might receive on that one. But yeah, it's, um, I, I think, I think my final piece of advice for anyone on Twitch is respect your viewers. You know, they're out supporting you. They're out, you know, giving you their time, their money. You know, it's, you gotta, you gotta treat them, you gotta treat them with, with, with uh, respect. Don't ever forget that without your viewers, I mean, you're not really streaming to anyone, right? You know, it's like they, they're, they're as important to your stream as you are to your own stream. Exactly. And as far as like, you know, streaming as your sole income, you know, you got to take preparations and going to do that. You you save your money up and you say, you know what, I'm going to try this for a year or two, see how it goes. Or like in my case, you know, I did it through college while I had downtime and it was an escape for me. That was, you know, one of the reasons why I started or practice for something else I want to do in life. I mean, as you know, I helped broadcasted wrestling because I learned how to use streaming and how it worked and uh i think that's important to, to emphasize on is you know some people can go and dive into it and they have no problem but the financial stress 
can be seen on people's faces sometimes and chat can pick up on things. They're like, uh, you know, they got feelers and they, after watching you for a few months, they know when you're down or you're up, but you got to do what's best for you. And, uh, you just got to do, uh, you got to do what's best for yourself and your mental health and things like that. And you don't want to be put in a position where you're financially burned out or you're emotionally burned out. And everyone goes through that. I mean, I was burned out at one point and, you know, I had to switch up and be like, okay, why am I burned out? Let's fix this. I want to make it fun for me. And that's, you know, that's a hard thing to deal with. And I'm, you know, I'm sorry for anybody out there who, you know, is burnt out and things like that, but you will recover at some point. And if you find out you don't like streaming, you know, uh, that's another thing. And at least you tried it, you know, you set a goal and you, anybody who presses the start stream button is taking a risk and doing something they never done before. That's a huge, you know, that's a huge accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. 100%. Um, I think the biggest thing is don't going back to why spike and Barley kind of started to fall apart too, is just don't make it about the money. It'll start feeling like a job and you won't enjoy it anymore. It's so, it's a very real, uh, scenario. Um, it can happen. Some people, uh, I mean, I know of some streamers who, who rely on this as their sole income. And it's very obvious when, you know, they don't make enough money or something like that. You know what I mean? It's like, it becomes, when it becomes about money, you don't enjoy it anymore. Kind of like opening a business or a pizza shop. You love making pizza for people, but you need that capital to start up and you need to be able to enjoy it still. It's going to get rough and sometimes there's ups and downs, but at the end of the day, you still like serving people pizza. Yeah, exactly. It's, um, it, I mean, I'm not going to say nobody is going to do it for the money on this website. Of course, of course, you know, the money, the money makes this all possible. You know, the money that I get from from my streams, I put back in the hardware for the streams, but I also put towards bills and stuff like that. Food for bear. You know, it 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 helps a lot. But I don't think I would do it if like I couldn't afford to. And I think some people do that. They they come to Twitch in the hopes that it's a it's a fix for their problems, you know. Um I don't want to be like, oh, let's go get a job. But, you know, like for some people, literally, like, you know, instead of getting a job, you know, like they feel like this is the better solution for them to make money. And which is not a good place. To make. It can be a good place to make money. It can be. But it's so up and down in terms of um, monthly income. Like you might have a good month. You might have a bad month. I, I, I wouldn't recommend anyone trying to do this full time until they can actually do it full time. You know, it's like, it's like M MR said, you know, you, you, you learn the drums and then you add more to it. It's, it's like being a musician, being a pro wrestler, you know, it's all about, they, they have part-time jobs until they go on the weekends and do their thing, you know? Yeah. So my recommendation is if, if you really want to make this your thing, get a part-time job, <laughs> get a part-time job on the side and uh, use the rest of your time towards streaming. I think that'll also make people a lot, a little bit less stressed too when they stream, you know, knowing they have a bit more money in their pocket and stuff like that. Um, 
But in terms of being a good short-term money solution, I do I I cannot recommend against it any like more. <laughs> Dude, like it it um some months like I said, some months can be kind of bad. Some months can be really good. You might have like a month that's just like amazing, but then you might not ever have another month like that ever. The problem is I think people just kind of come into it with expectations. You know, a lot of these new streamers who um aren't really doing it for the fun of it. Uh, going back to the whole just like first stream they put up like immediate like thousand dollar dono goal for their rent and stuff like that I think like they 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 watch you know bigger streamers with big followings and they see like these crazy donos coming in constantly and then they're like oh well you know that's easy they're barely doing anything I can do that it's like no it kind of took them years to build up build up that repertoire you know the worst thing you could do is is make twitch about money and uh i mean i think that's pretty much all we got um is there any final statements or anything you want to clarify you know after doing pretty much you had to go through your whole <laughs> lifespan of uh videos yeah, and we, stuff. we, we, we covered did, a lot didn't we it's great because i think um you know it might inspire some people to be like you know what this guy did it this time but this is why it happened it wasn't because you know the timing was the best it was because of you put yourself out there and you use the equipment you could and you know your ability to uh present videos and stuff like that yeah at the age of 13 wanted to do that yeah going technically radio going back to to 7 <laughs> i never I, I never got into radio i wanted to <laughs> <laughs> all right well is there anything you want to add any final statements anything you want people to know if they ever find this recording. <laughs> um, well, first off, I want to say thank you so much for having me, Emmer. And I, I hope I didn't talk too much. I, I had a lot of fun though. This this was this was really nice. Um <laughs> It's your platform, man. <laughs> what to here for? Is this the first time you've ever done something like this? As far yes, as like actually. clarifying. I mean, I've done a podcast before, but I've never been the podcast E. I've been like the guy interviewing, but like never never the never the guy. Uh <laughs> never the guy getting asked the question so this this was really cool and it was really nice actually um i i had to think back on a, on a bunch of bunch of stuff because i was like wait did that happen that year or... but no i just i, I want to say thank you so much mr knight for having me this was an absolute blast and guys if you are interested in streaming or content creation Go in with the lowest expectations. <laughs> that's my that's my advice. Go in with the lowest expectations. Do it for you. Don't do it for a paycheck. Don't do it for, you know, promised fame or something. Do it for you. Make something that makes you happy because that's how I got into it. Um I didn't I didn't have promises of money or subscribers on YouTube when I started. I I, I just made videos as I wanted to. And those were probably my best videos, honestly. Those are the videos that were the most true to me. You know, it's, it was just a video. I mean, same thing with my Barley channel, actually. that All the Barley videos are actually not monetized. It's only Spike and Barley. And um, the Barley videos, again, you know, like, yeah, I, I'm not, I don't have the most consistent stream schedule. And I don't have the most consistent video schedule. But at least I can say that every time I do stream and every time I do make a video, it's because I want to make it and it's because it's true to how I feel and 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 you know it's like I, I never I never force anything and I think the biggest crime you could ever do to yourself 
is sell yourself short and try to be someone you're not. Just go out there and have fun. And uh, what's the best way for people to get your social media? Uh, what, where can they watch you? Where can they find stuff that you made? Well, <laughs> you can check me out at Twitch TV slash Barley. I'm the guy with the dog or the big creepy Madden face. If I'm offline, you'll probably see the creepy Madden face. Um, or you can find me in MR Nights chat. I'm there too. I, I do have Twitter. I really don't use it, but if you want to follow me, it's twitter.com, lebarley, L-E barley. And I do have YouTube channels. The Spike and Barley channel is Noofs, N-E-W-F-Z, or Z if you're in America. And the uh, the other channel with the essays is lebarley, L-E barley. Um, I would love for you guys to check out anything that I've made. Uh... I have plenty of stuff. I'm sure there's something for someone. There's, there's got to be something that, that'll float your boat. There's, I've made too much stuff. That's my problem is I'm a little too all over the place. But uh, yeah. Uh, thank you so much again, MR Knight. This was, this was an absolute blast. And it's been fun listening to your, your timeline. And so I guess at this time, we're going to take off into the sunset and um, see how <laughs> this will go. First episode. Thank you for letting me letting me be your uh, your test pilot here too. I know it, it, that's why I picked you. I knew you would talk. So, <laughs> but uh, we're gonna take off here, and uh, hopefully we got four more episodes coming. Uh, the next one we have coming up, actually, we have Andy uh, who's gonna be doing an interview. We'll we'll see how that one goes. Plenty of laughs in that one probably as well. So, Andy's fantastic. <laughs> All right, we're going to stop here, and uh, thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll catch you 